Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, I'm going to be talking about five different movies here that came out recently. Uh, five movies I'm ex- excited to talk about. We got Creed 3, John Wick, Chapter 4, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, Jesus Revolution, and His Only Son. Two Christian movies that came out here recently and that was do- that are both doing really well in theaters, which is great to hear. You'll hear my thoughts on these movies in a bit here. Let's start off with Creed 3. I spent the last seven years of my life living out my wildest dreams. Bianca, Rocky, my dad. This is built on their shoulders. Creed 3. Adonis Creed has been thriving in both his career and family life, but when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. This time, it's personal. I uh, literally just got home from watching this movie just like 15-20 minutes ago, Uh, so I have just seen this movie fresh off the movie, uh, and I am excited to talk about this one because I really enjoyed this. Like, I I like the previous movies before this. I like the Rocky movies. You know, that first Rocky movie is absolutely fantastic. Rocky Balboa is also very good, and then some of the ones in between there are also pretty good. Uh, and then the, the two Creed movies that came out before this are both really good, solid boxing movies, and, and just, you know, good movies with the, the good drama in there uh, that is about boxing, too. You know, that's, that's what makes a good sports movie in my opinion. It's not so much the sports because I don't really care about sports. I don't care about sports one way or the other. You know, I I don't particularly like them, I guess. So I guess I care about them one way. So I I don't really like sports that much, but a movie can get me invested in sports because a sports movie, it's it's basically, it's just an action movie where the action is a sport, you know? And then when you got something like boxing, then the action is also action because it's, it's just people beating each other up, you know, it's people punching each other and stuff with more rules than normal, you know. Uh, <laughs> what makes a good boxing movie or what makes a good sports movie is the characters, the the relationships, and some of the thematic, you know, material that is in these movies as opposed to the, the main emphasis of the movie in a way, which is the boxing of the movie. And I gotta say, dude, they did that so well in this movie. This is, this is my favorite Creed movie yet. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Michael B. Jordan back here as Adonis Creed is just great. And then introducing Jonathan Myers as Damien here. This is the the friend that from his past that, that comes back now suddenly in the present. The relationship that they develop is really well done and really like complicated and nuanced, you know, because it's it's uh there's definitely like a kinship kind of a a brotherly love that they got going on there but it's a relationship that had been broken and it's the kind of thing where uh, as you go along in this movie you can tell there's something more like there's something that we don't quite know that happened in the past too. They're, they're, there's more to this relationship than just what they're letting on. And then as we get more into it and as we discover more about these two characters, uh, just that aspect is really well done. And it just adds, again, 
And it just adds these great layers to both uh, Adonis Creed here, but also this new character, Damien. Uh, Jonathan Myers Majors is just absolutely a fantastic actor and he is so good in this these two actors together like the again they're the kind of brotherly camaraderie that you can kind of see there is well done but then when the rivalry and the the animosity kind of starts going here uh you can see that uh just the the division that it causes in their their friendship and stuff it's just really well done fantastic character work with these two a great way to bring in a new character from his past without feeling like it's just kind of shoved in there, really. Like, it's very naturally woven into this movie and into this story in a way that, that makes a lot of sense and really works. Another thing I really liked about this movie is the family relationship here. Uh, you know, you got uh, Adonis Creed, and then you got uh, Brickana Creed? <laughs> you got Michael B. Jordan, and you got Tessa Thompson as the, the married Creeds there, and then they have a daughter and it's just it's so refreshing to see a a couple that in a in a movie a couple that loves each other and loves their kid and they're not gay or they're not uh, cheating on each other or they're not you know abusive or whatever they're they're they don't fit in any of these you know broken boxes really it's not a perfect relationship right but they they love each other and they're working on their relationship and they're you know it's it's just a good like family kind of uh relationship that it's it's very family positive like it's it's kind of uplifting the family as this this good thing which it it definitely is but it's just something that that's just something we don't really see that much nowadays so often nowadays either it's just the homosexuals or you know it, or it's the broken families and stuff which i mean you got to have stories about you know the the broken families and stuff because those people are out there right you know and so there's there's a lot of people that have a broken family and stuff and so it's like yes you got to tell those stories but it's good to uplift and and kind of to, to put on the pedestal and say hey look this is a good thing you know this this good loving family relationship is a good thing and something that we should be striving for as opposed to always just seeing the negative or always just seeing the distorted in the case of uh, homosexual relationships and stuff I will also say on that front, though, if I want to spin this over to the negative aspect of this, though, thematically here, you do have uh, uh, Tessa Thompson. The the she is more of the leading role in the household. There's a the, there's a couple parts in the movie where they're speaking for their family or they're speaking for their daughter, and uh, and it's always her. She, she always takes the lead. She is always the one, the, at one point, even overriding something that Adonis says, you know, and so it's like, okay, uh, that that is a twisting there of the the scriptural structure of what a family is supposed to be because a family is supposed to be the the man is the head of the family. The wife follows the, the man as she follows God and then the man follows God, you know, and so then, uh, you know, the wife is indirectly following God through 
through directly obeying God and following her man, you know. So they got that a little bit twisted in here, uh, though it is nice. Again, it, it's it's refreshing seeing this movie because it's just not egregiously bad, in my opinion, you know. But but again, still, if, since I see that little bit of negative, like a little bit of a twisting there, I thought I should bring that aspect up as well. Uh, the, the boxing in here is very fun and very exciting. I don't know much of anything about boxing. I've, I've barely seen any of it, you know, so I, I can't tell you whether it's accurate. Like, I, I don't know if somebody that watches boxing would watch this and say, oh, that's ridiculous or whatever. Uh, but the, the boxing is very fun and exciting, really well shot, very intense, you know, and the, the relationship between, uh, Michael B. Jordan and Jonathan Majors here, uh, really kind of ramps up the tension and stuff here because this time, you know, it's very personal, which is always, it's always personal to some extent. They got to make it somewhat personal, right? So that you, you're, your heart is emotionally engaged into this fight, you know. Uh, but they they really do that really effectively in this movie uh, with these two characters. Just great characters there, great action. Uh, this time, the movie is directed by Michael B. Jordan as well. And dude, if this is his directing style, dude, I want to see whatever in the world he comes up with next. This is his directorial debut, and it's fantastic. He, he said... In like an interview or something, he said that he wanted he, he was inspired by anime in making this movie. And there's so there's there's anime inspiration in this movie. I heard this before, and I was like going, wait a minute, anime inspiration in a boxing movie? Like uh, there's probably anime boxing out there. I don't I don't know. I know there's anime uh, soccer and stuff. So maybe there's anime boxing. I don't know. But it's like those seem like very different kind of genres. The sports movie and the anime and stuff but then there are moments in the movie where it's like oh no that's totally anime right there that is uh and in some of those moments where it's like uh, during the fighting moment where I'm like, okay, maybe this would lose some of the sports fans that really know what they're talking about when it comes to the way the sport works and stuff or the way the boxing and the fighting actually happens and works in the, in that ring and stuff. You know, so maybe maybe it would lose some people there. Uh, it doesn't lose me because, again, I'm not that invested or connected into how all of that works exactly. But it's not just those. There, there is also other just stylistic elements in here that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know necessarily if I would have thought anime had I not heard that but hearing that and then going in thinking oh is there some anime influence in this there definitely is like there's a few moments where I'm like oh this is very anime <laughs> and in a good way honestly it fits right in here I like his directing style and in every way like I really I think he did a fantastic job here building up characters that are really engaging and a family dynamic that is really fun and just sweet and loving and it's that's great and then you know the the relationship between him and uh and Jonathan Majors here is just fantastic you know the brotherly kinship there then the animosity and kind of the way all of that concludes is just really well done and then the way the fighting and everything was done is also really well done they have some connections to previous creed movies in ways that i thought were cool uh i do miss having Rocky in here, you know, Sylvester Stallone, nowhere to be found in this one, unfortunately. Uh, so I, I do miss having him in here. You know, he was 
in the previous two movies, and then obviously he started this whole thing with the Rocky series, you know, which is some really good movies. That said, they've definitely built up enough with these characters to, you know, spin them out completely on their own and stuff. So it's not like it feels like it's necessarily like desperately missing him i i just think it would have been nice to have him in here a little bit at least you know though i doubt that's ever gonna happen again because i guess sylvester stallone and like some of the producers on these movies or something got into a big disagreement and so they're they're have a falling out and uh they're gonna be making all these spin-offs with uh, drago and stuff which uh, sylvester stallone is really not happy about which makes me just kind of go am i really that interested if he's like completely out because i think he was somewhat on board like he was not like a producer or something on this movie i think he was at least tangent tangentially kind of connected to this movie whereas you know it seems like movies going forward he's not going to be connected at all and he's kind of against them you know which is like ah that stinks because he's he's kind of the originator of this whole thing in a lot of ways you know uh so anyway Overall, Creed the I thought this was fantastic. This is a good uh, conclusion to this trilogy. If they want this to be the conclusion to the story, it could work. If they want to continue, I, I think they could probably continue too, you know? I, I guess much like Rocky, you know, Rocky has his movies that it's like, okay, this is probably the ending. And then it's like, no, we're going to have two or three more now, you know? <laughs> so they could keep going with these movies if they want to, uh, but also they don't necessarily have to, you know, it's, it's kind of a good concluding chapter to the trilogy at the, the very least, even if they decide to keep going forward here. I don't often talk about sports movies on the show because again, I'm just not a big fan of sports and sometimes I'll see them and sometimes they're good. Like the previous Creed movies I saw and they were good, but they didn't end up like on my top 10 of the year or anything, but this one, this one might be different. We'll have to see once, you know, once it settles in like a little bit more, you know, a few days or weeks down the line or whatever but like it were it last year this would have been in my top 10 movies of the year because this this was really good i really enjoyed creed 3 but what did i think about john wick chapter 4 well let's figure out this hit goes out to you mr wick Woke up this morning. 42 regular wasn't it yeah and so it begins john wick Chapter 4. John Wick uncovers a path to defeating the High Table, but before he can earn his freedom, Wick must face off against a new enemy with powerful alliances across the globe and forces that turn old friends into foes. I love the first two John Wick movies. The third movie, also good, but to me a bit of a step back from those first two movies. Uh, this movie, it retains the, the wonderful style of these movies. Man, the style of these movies is spectacular and this one this one cranks it up in certain ways i mean uh, first obviously the action right the action is a big part of the style of these movies because the action is insane it's over the top and i will say uh gone is any uh, pretext of realism in the action anymore the first I'd say probably the first two movies have at least a pretext of realism. Like, is it actually realistic action? Probably not. I'm gonna say no. Uh, but, but at least there was, like, the attempt to make it seem realistic. 
they started to abandon that in the third one even more so, and uh, I, I guess each movie they abandon it a little bit more and more, including into the second movie, the third movie, and then now into the, this movie, but it's like gone as any real pretext of reality in the action because there are so many times where it's like you know if, if the enemies just changed up their tactics or something here they, they could definitely kill John Wick because <laughs> there's so many bad guys and stuff it's ridiculous that said the action is amazing man th th this is what these movies excel so much at is just having some of the coolest most insane, best hand-to-hand -hand combat and gunfighting combat and just amazing, uh, amazing choreographed combat. They keep finding new, interesting ways to, to work in different environments and different things going on and different angles for the action that is just, just constantly makes it interesting. This is a long movie. This is like a three-hour movie. There is so much action in this movie. Like, if they trimmed down the action scenes to be shorter this could have probably been like a two-hour movie or something you know but like that's okay though because we're here for the amazing action and it did not feel like a three-hour movie like it did not feel long just because it would the action and the the characters and stuff were so incredibly entertaining uh i mean again the series it just has some of the best action sequences in pretty much any movie and you know this this whole franchise does and this definitely continues that and uh maybe tries to up the game in some categories but i'm gonna say is is somewhat on a d even level with some of the previous movies just as far as spectacular spectacular action i will say there are a few moments in here uh where you have like uh the, the you know one person is kind of waiting on john wick to finish off these other previous guys before he attacks whereas like if more of them attacked at once then uh they could have more easily defeated him and stuff there's a the, the it's not a lot because it's like the, if you think about it with how many people he's taking out if they were just all there at closer to the same time then this just would be a bigger problem for john wick right but 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 you don't see it you know but there are a couple moments in this movie one action scene in particular to me that 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 is stuck out to me where there was like a somebody that would kind of pause for a second and wait for him to basically finish off the other guy and then he turns over to fight this guy you know and so it's like it's those kind of moments where it's like the they they should have given that character something else to do or something else to you know a, a reason to not be kind of just standing there for a second before engaging you know now the characters i love the characters in this movie they're so much fun well you know i mean keanu weaves is john rick he's back and he's the kind of the same as he's ever been but he's very fun ian mcshane in here very fun lance riddick in here you know these characters that have been in here a while and you kind of know what you are expecting from these characters and you get that and it's very fun but like the new characters uh bill skarsgård in here as this, the, the, you know, this this guy that's tracking down and really trying to kill John Wick, and he has all these resources and stuff that at his disposal as he's trying to take down John Wick. Uh, really interesting, intense kind of character. Donnie Yen in here is fantastic. Donnie Yen, I think he was in the Ip Man movies. I never seen those, but those are renowned for their amazing action. Uh, he is fantastic. They they give a lot of the characters these kind of quirks to their character they make all the characters very quirky and kind of over the top to the point that that it's almost too much 
Like, like the, the, I guess before I get to Donnie Yen's character here real quick, I, I think it's almost too much. They, they probably need a couple more normal characters in here, maybe to balance out the over-the-top comic book-y kind of characters in here, because basically every single character that they introduce is kind of this, you know, over-the-top kind of character that has these these very specific kind of quirks and stuff uh that that it wasn't so much like that in the previous movies uh again i'm going back just to the first two movies uh, so much that i felt like there those had a little bit more of some normalcy in them to balance out some of the more over the top or some of the more quirky weird stuff you know whereas uh with this one we're we're very much just pushing into the quirky weird stuff donnie yen uh he, he isn't the quirky weird stuff because his character is blind, but he's also this master assassin guy that's going and beating up a thousand dudes just like John Wick. And, you know, so it's like, uh, <laughs> and he's kind of the, the big uh, force go also going up against John Wick here. But it's, so it's like, it, it's this kind of thing where it's like, the, in real life, there's no way that this would work, you know, where the blind guy would be this insanely amazing at taking out this many people and all this kind of stuff. You know, it's like, that doesn't make any sense ultimately. Ultimately, they they make it work. They make it really fun and entertaining. But again, kind of gone is the even the the pretext of a somewhat realistic action movie. That said, the action is still absolutely fantastic, and his character is so entertaining, and his relationship with John Wick is so well done, and just the 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 kind of <laughs> balance of yeah, I'm here to kill you. I gotta kill you. I know we were kind of pals in the past, but I, a job's a job. I gotta do what I gotta do. You know, sorry about this. <laughs> And it's just that whole thing is very entertaining. Uh, they bring back a lot of characters from the previous movies into new roles here. Not in new roles, the same roles, but just in uh, in different ways, bringing them up in here that I think uh, ties everything together in some really fun ways. And increasingly in these movies, they really give them kind of a a mythological feel to the movie where it's like there's these grand sweeping stakes and there is this this like john wick is the baba yaga right it's the introduced in the first movie he's the baba yaga he's the boogeyman you know so he's kind of this almost mythological character and so many of these characters or groups or things that they're introducing have this kind of mythological kind of feel to them uh which is very entertaining and very fun i will say uh, you know, John Wick, he, he's the best of the best, right? That's kind of the whole deal with John Wick is that he's the best of the best. There's no one that can even touch him. He's spectacular. And in the first movie, in the first couple movies, that's basically it. And then once you get to the third movie and now this fourth movie, there are characters that are basically as good as him that, that, you know, are just wiping out tons and tons of people like him kind of makes him a little bit less special, you know? It's, it's kind of the whole thing. It's, it's kind of like if you had a Sherlock Holmes movie, but then they introduced another guy, you know, like the, if the police officer was also like, just, oh, maybe just not quite as smart as Sherlock Holmes, but almost, and then it would just be like, okay, the police don't need you, and uh, you're, you know, you're not as special as you, you're supposed to be in the context of the story, and in a way, I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with John Wick here, making him slightly less special, being that he's the greatest of the greatest, when you have some of these other characters that are almost matched him basically uh throughout the movie that uh so it's like you know the, the, i think 
that's that's a that's a franchise problem in some ways because continuing this it's like they have to keep up in the stakes they have to keep up in the action they have to keep up in all this stuff and so they have to kind of introduce characters like this so it's like i get it but at the, at the same time again it, it kind of maybe takes away from his mythological feel to John Wick as the the ultimate guy that no one can even come close to defeating, you know, that we see in the the first few movies. Overall, John Wick is for is fantastic this is another this is this is a great entry uh this beats out the third one for sure again i still i think the first two are my favorites then it's probably the the fourth one and then it's the third one uh but this one is fantastic it's a lot of fun a lot of great characters a lot of great style it's visually very pleasing and uh just just a really fun time all right now let's talk about shazam 2 We will annihilate everything. Champions of this realm can do nothing to stop us. You are very menacing. I just want you to know that. Shazam! Fury of the Gods. So Shazam and his whole family there basically now are all superheroes. They're out going and saving the day, but then some, somehow they catch the attention of these gods who come to Earth and start wrecking shop, and it's up to Billy Batson, a.k.a. Shazam, and his family to save the day. I very much enjoyed the first Shazam, and this one, this one, honestly, this movie is very similar to the first Shazam, only it's bigger. It's bigger in scope, it feels like they got a bigger budget, and they told a, uh, I mean, it's a different story, but they told a story very much in the same kind of vein, very much in the same kind of feel. It's very family-focused, it's very much about these, the kids and their relationship with each other, and then it just so happens that they can say Shazam and turn into a bunch of superheroes and fly around and, and beat up these ladies who are trying to destroy the Earth. And thematically, I love how pro-family this movie is. Again, like, like I was saying with Creed earlier, uh, it's just, it's very pro-family, it's very uplifting to the family, it's, it's an adoptive family too at that, that's something that is even rarer really to see in, uh, in fiction you know a, a good adopted family you know relationship and stuff very cool and it's got themes of you know family sticking up for each other even through you know hard times and even be willing to die for each other you know which is obviously the the ultimate form of love according to the bible there's no greater love than this than one has laid down his life for his friend there's also some of the theme of uh, accepting change because like change is gonna happen and so it's not necessarily a bad thing you know and it can be a good thing so you just gotta accept change change because change is gonna happen in the, in the world and in your life and stuff and so it's like okay you know that sure sure yeah uh so you know that's that's pretty good there overall some good themes in here i do get a bit of an impression of the whole like we're gods and and we can do anything just if we put our mind to it you know the whole thing where people say they're gonna like manifest their destiny they're gonna manifest their reality and stuff you know these kind of like witchcraft almost <laughs> sounding terms that sound to me anyway is like 
like, does that not sound like witchcraft if you're manifesting something, you know? But just the, you know, there, there is the, the idea out there that, that basically we are gods, and if we put our minds to it, and if we really, like, imagine it and focus on it, we can make things happen in reality and stuff. And it's just kind of this, uh, I don't know, it's, it's an idea that's out there, and then I, I get kind of vibes of that from this. I don't know you know, maybe it's just because we're dealing with kind of fictional gods here, you know, with these these goddesses, I guess, that, uh, you know, come down and are, are destroying the world. And then, you know, Shazam is kind of this godlike, ultra-powerful being, you know? And so it's like, okay, you know, it's like, a, it, maybe it's just because we're dealing with these kind of fictional gods in the same way that in, like, Thor and stuff like that, right? So I, I don't know if it's just because of that, but I, I did get kind of some of those vibes of, like, the, you know... As long as you you can put your mind to it, you can manifest your own reality or whatever. And it's I don't know that's 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 some weird weird kind of stuff there. By the way, there is some like homosexuality in here. Uh, just it, it's literally like for thirty seconds in here. But the are like the movie's just kind of like hey uh, th homosexuality we like it we're we're pro homosexuals so good yes homosexuality good um, and that's basically it. And it was just like seriously it's <laughs> it's very much just thrown in here. Uh, I definitely wanted to mention it because this is a movie that is aimed at kids. This is a movie that is aimed at the family. This is a very family-friendly movie for the most part. Very family-oriented kind of movie. It's very pro-family, like I was saying. And so this is a movie that, that they want you to watch with your family, and then it's one that's going to point at your kids and say, hey, it's, it's good if you're homosexual. So, you know, be aware of that going into this movie. Now, that said, for the most part, the, the again, that feels very much thrown in there. For the most part, the themes in here are very good, very positive family kind of themes, and the family relationships in here are great. You know, again, it's it's really nice to see this this good family relationship where there's siblings that you know have sibling rivalries and arguments and all this kind of stuff, but ultimately they love each other and they're trying to you know support and help each other and stuff, and and they got good parents who are less in this movie than they were in the previous movie. Uh, I I especially like the the dad as an actor in here uh he's jerry in the walking dead uh and in here he's the dad is what i know him as but, but uh but i like those actors and uh and i think they're they're fun as parents here but they are less involved in this movie than they were in the previous movie which is just a little bit unfortunate because uh you know for the good family values and stuff that they are portraying in here that's one that uh you know, I guess what's a what's a family without the parents? You need the parents there as well to be the leaders and stuff, right? But then these kids can just say Shazam and turn into the parents, I guess. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I liked the villains coming down here. I thought were pretty fun. Helen Marin playing one of them, uh, Lucy Liu playing one, and Rachel Zegler playing one. So you got the these three, you know, goddesses coming down to destroy the world. And I like the three different uh, perspectives they had here because each one they didn't all have one mission they all kind of had their own thoughts about the mission you know and so they were all like kind of going at it from different angles and different perspectives on it 
which I think made them kind of a compelling trio of villains and made their interactions with our heroes more interesting. This movie's fun. It's funny. It's very jovial. It's very lighthearted. Uh, just very much going for the, the lighthearted entertainment, fun for the whole family kind of thing. Uh, fun for most of the family, anyway, kind of thing. And uh, and again, I, th I think they hit that really well. I think, uh, honestly, to me, it was, it was about on par with the first movie. It's a very fun, very entertaining movie. It's got the heart. It's got the comedy. And it's, it's basically got everything that, in my opinion, you'd want out of a Shazam movie. Very fun. Now let's talk about Jesus Revolution. Hey, Square. I am not a square. I think we should invite Greg this weekend. What's this weekend? These people are hippies, rebels against old-fashioned authority. I think these kids need help. What they need is a bath. You're passing judgment on people you know nothing about. Maybe that's why your church is so empty. When God walks in here, brings me a hippie. I'll ask him what it's all about, because I do not understand. This house has a very good vibe. Jesus Revolution. This is the true story of a national spiritual awakening in the early 1970s and its origins within a community of teenage hippies in Southern California. So I'll just say this off the bat. I don't often talk about Christian movies on the show because honestly I watch most Christian movies and I'm, most of the time they're just kind of eh, they're, they're either not that great or they're just kind of okay, you know? And ultimately, you know, I could review them and I could, you know, talk about some of the, the problems with them and the good things about them and stuff but for the most part like when I'm watching a Christian movie I don't want to get on here necessarily and just be like oh that, that Christian movie was terrible or something you know and just keep doing that you know so uh, for the most part I don't talk about Christian movies on here all that much now that said when I like a Christian movie I want to talk about it on here because I want to promote it and I, I want you guys to, to hear about it and to see you know see if you are interested in it as well and I think Jesus Revolution is a good one. This one is really interesting. Uh, you know, watching this, I didn't know too much about the actual story. So when I saw the trailers to this and I saw, okay, this is a pastor that he's letting, you know, a bunch of hippies into his church and stuff. And so my question was th like watching this, I'm going, okay, so is this going to be like a, hey, you know, churches, you're all just too stingy. You just need to let the world in. You just need to let all the sin into the church too, you know? Or are these these hippies actually changing, or actually, you know, becoming Christians, actually changing their ways? W which one is changing? Is the church changing or is is the, the hippies changing, you know? And ultimately, uh, you know, it is it is somewhere in the middle, you know, because the, the well, ultimately, yes, the it does actually seem like this is a legit revolution, you know? And I'm talking to my dad because I watched this movie with my dad and he he remembers it somewhat and he's saying yeah this was a legit thing back in the day but the the church here needed to change because they were very against you know all the hippies to the point that they wouldn't let the hippies in even if they they were interested in Jesus or if they were interested in change you know or if they were interested in Christianity and were becoming saved and stuff they were kind of blocked off to all that you know so the church needed to change in kind of its bigotry there 
there of them saying, hey, okay, you know, we need to open ourselves up to this group of people that are, you know, yearning for something deeper and they're they're following it in all the wrong places in, in drugs and in, uh, you know, the, the kind of hippie peas and love stuff that, that hippies are, you know, and all, all that kind of stuff. They're seeking for, for the, the love and they're seeking for God ultimately in all the wrong places. And then the church kind of opens themselves up to them, and there's a revolution with a, a bunch of hippies coming into the church. Some people in the church not liking it. Some people, you know, some hippies coming in and causing some problems and stuff. And just the the balance there, uh, really well done. It's not afraid to get ugly when it needs to be. You know, it's it's not necessary. It's not really one of those cheesy Christian movies. I didn't think. Uh, it's it's good at getting. Uh, getting drama in here that is not just it it's not like just some of the cheesy conversion type drama that sometimes you see in the Christian movies but like some legit good dramas and and you got some legit like I, I think what Christian movies need to do is they need to show the darkness so that when you see the light you know then there's the conversion when there's the change you actually it's it's like a, a bigger deal you know and so this, this one when you're actually seeing them, doing the drugs and you actually see you know uh some of the hints towards some of the sexual stuff and some of this kind of stuff it's nothing explicit really but it's it's very evident there you're seeing you know people overdosing and and you know some of this this kind of the darkness and stuff that they're in in the world and then they see the light of christ and they're turning to that and you see you see that big change you see the you see the darkness and then you see the light and you see the the person struggling in the middle there and then he you know ultimately choosing the light and you know and, and that that kind of dynamic I think is very well done in this movie it, it worked ultimately to me the the drama in it worked the characters in it were very fun and uh, and yeah it was it's an interesting entertaining movie uh, telling me some history back here too that I didn't know too much about there was there's certain elements of it it's like oh okay, I've heard of this and stuff. But for the most part, I didn't know too much about this kind of stuff. And it was, it was interesting. I enjoyed it. Uh, and again, I think this is one of the good Christian movies, so I wanted to shout this one out and say, hey, this is one of the good ones. Check this one out. Uh, let's talk about another one, His Only Son. Abraham. Lord. Take now your son and go to the land of Moriah and there offer him. The Lord came to me last night. I must go to Moriah and make a sacrifice to him there. Isaac and I will go alone. Why, Isaac? Because the Lord commands it. Make sure no harm comes to our son. His only son. After being called by the Lord, Abraham's faith is tested on his three-day journey to sacrifice his son, Isaac to the Lord. Uh, so this is obviously the story of Abraham and Isaac and Abraham taking Isaac up on the mountain to sacrifice him to the Lord because God told him to do that. And then Abraham is like struggling with this. That th This movie is really about Abraham's struggle with that and, you know, having faith in the Lord and going through with it. And, and it's this movie is fantastic. This movie is so well done. This is honestly 
probably one of the best like biblical movies that I've seen in in recent years for sure coming out here. But in my opinion, this is like this is one of the best Bible movies that I've seen. I I love the way that they tie the flashbacks of uh, previously in the Bible, previously with uh, with Abraham of God originally calling Abraham, and then Abraham and his wife Sarah as they are uh, you know struggling to have a a kid, you know, and and like God has promised many generations through them as many as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore the you know so abraham and sarah they have faith that okay this is going to happen and the sun is going to come through us and stuff and but then they the you know, sarah's barren and she can't have a kid you know and abraham's like no this is this is going to happen because god said this is going to happen and you know so but they're both struggling with that and it's it's hard it's messy and it's very dramatically portrayed here in a way that is really really well done. And I love the way that they connect this with the larger story of the Bible, including connecting it to stuff in the New Testament. You can pull like so many parallels between this story and the story of Jesus, right? Which is very uh, intentional, right? God uh, repeats events. God uh, uh, connects events. And so you see things in the Bible where it's like, okay, you know, the, you know, him going to sacrifice his one and only son, like, you know, uh, God sending down his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross and to sacrifice himself. There's so many parallels that is between this story and that one and you could have told the story without having like as direct of connections as they did in this movie you could have just told the story in a less connected way but they they are very uh deliberate about including some of these uh kind of connections and references to the future their future uh into like the new testament and jesus and some of those connections even at points uh almost directly quoting uh lines from the new testament but worked in in such a way that it is so smoothly integrated into this movie that it doesn't like stick out it's not like it's like oh wait jesus said that you didn't say that why are you saying that you know it's like they it it works in the story and the the lines that they say connect to the the passages in the new testament in such a way that it's like the thematically the connections is just phenomenal man and i I think there's probably more than i even caught in there but there's there's several that i caught that i was like ooh, that is just really good and this movie is heavy with the symbolism you know, I mean, from things like God promised him descendants as many as the stars in the sky, and there is like the shots of Abraham and then the stars in the sky and Isaac and, and you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's like, okay, you see that this is the promise coming through the, his son and stuff. And it's just, there, there's so much like symbolism and stuff going on in this movie as well. There's, uh, well, I, I don't, I don't want to spoil some of these sp- specific moments in here, but there's multiple instances where it was like, oh, that is, you know, the, the symbolism that they're working on here they're talking about this and he's doing this and it's just you can tell it symbolizes this thing that is in the new testament or this thing that you know it's like ah it's really well done i think the performances are really good in here uh you know abraham as he's just kind of struggling with whether you know like like he's has to kill his son to for god you know and not only just kill his son which is already this you know obviously horrible traumatic awful awful thing but 
the, his his one and only son that was foretold before he was born that is like it's like everything hinges on his son and now uh you know he's got to kill him right and he's like what you know why and he's struggling with this and then sarah I, I like the way that they did sarah you know because they uh you know a lot of sarah is the the flashbacks and stuff but she's she's barren she's struggling with that i, I think they did a really good job at having uh the the character struggling with this this very real issue you know and then also you know tying it into the the prophecy and stuff where it's like okay you know it's it's going to be your son but i mean i guess abraham it's going to be your son so does it have to be my son so you know if you go into my maid servant stuff is this can we can do it that way or like how is this going to work and and she is distraught and and you know very much hurting and in pain because of this whole situation and then you see you know ultimately in the in the bigger picture you're seeing god working together the for the good of his glory and for the good of those who love him you know like the bible also says really well done i like the slow pace that they have in here uh it's it's very slow it's very methodical it it puts you in this kind of melancholy uh contemplative kind of mood that they're trying to set here and I, i think they do a good job at setting that as just kind of this this slow sad kind of thing where he's just like he's it's a struggle you know and i I think that's really good uh and thematically, you know, I mean, it's about having faith in God, even through the most harsh of times, and even when life seems impossible, and what you got to do seems impossible, that, you know, ultimately nothing is impossible with God, and that you have faith in God, and you you persevere, and you do, you know, what even what you, you would never do on your own, or you, what you would never think is the right thing, but God tells you it's the right thing, so you do it anyway, because you have faith in God, you know, you have faith, and so you have action right because faith requires action without action there is no faith so have faith in god and do what god says you know and uh that is very much portrayed in this movie very good it's it's just this movie's fantastic i i knew that it was a low budget movie and there's certain elements of it that you can kind of tell it's like okay there there's to me, it seemed like there were certain shots where it's like, okay, the the lighting here or something, and there's just a couple little bits that it's like, okay, you know, maybe this is not as, this isn't the, the $100 million movie, you know, $250,000, I think, is how much they made this movie for, so a quarter million dollars, uh, crazy, crazy small budget, and for that budget, it looks amazing. Like, honestly, it looks spectacular for coming from that budget. That's fantastic. So this was made by a, a guy basically, like, on his own. And then uh, it, then once he made it, Angel Studios came along. The, the people that made The Chosen and stuff like that, which I have not seen, but I've heard a lot of good things. I do want to check out The Chosen. The, those guys came along, and they saw it, and they're like, oh, we, you know, we got to get on board and help this guy, you know, and stuff. And so they, uh, they like, produced it. They they like uh, sent it out into the world. They they he released it into theaters and everything. And uh, and so hopefully, well, I'm hoping since this movie's so good and it's doing really well because I've made five million dollars opening weekend again on a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, minuscule budget. So it's making making bank compared to what it was 
<laughs> what it was made on, right? Hopefully this guy, he, at the, the end of the movie, he had a little thing where he would talk about the movie and stuff, and he said that he wants to make more mo biblical movies in chronological order, so, uh, I don't know, move it on to something else in Genesis, Exodus, somewhere, uh, I don't know what he wants to make next, but I really hope that Angel Studios gets behind this guy and, and gives him a little bit more money so he can have a little bit more of a budget and he can make more movies in this vein that's just really good, solid, biblical movies. Uh, fantastic, man. Really good. Really good. Uh, man, I was I was really happy with this movie because as... as you know, again, whenever I go into a Christian movie, I'm, I'm always kind of a little bit skeptical because most Christian movies that I watch, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, not as good as I wanted it to be. Not, you know, should have been better or whatever, but not this one. This one was so good. So <laughs> go see his only son. Happy Easter, by the way. Uh, it's Easter time for me. Hopefully this episode gets out in time for Easter here. Uh, <laughs> happy Easter. And uh, until next time, have a good one and see you around. He is risen. And he's risen indeed is how you were supposed to respond at the end of there if you didn't.